guys, welcome back to the Built for Life podcast. You are stuck with yours truly today because we don't have Jen. Jen is actually away on her honeymoon. Finally, she was supposed to get married in 2020, but I think we all probably know how that went. <laughs> Each of you may have witnessed that for yourself with people close to you getting married and their weddings getting postponed due to COVID. And you may have perhaps been there yourself, but Jen and Paul had to reschedule their wedding, I think about four different times to the point where they just get sick to the back teeth of trying to get married abroad with all of the issues going on. So they ended up getting married in Scotland. And since then, they've not been away on an official honeymoon. They've been away on trips. I actually took her to my wedding, of course, <laughs> even before she got on her own honeymoon. So they are currently traveling around America. They've been in like Boston, New York, Philadelphia, they're having a grand time, and to be perfectly honest, I'm pretty sure based upon all the gold that she drops on this podcast inside the Built for Life community on social media, we can definitely give her a pass and give her a couple of weeks off to enjoy herself. She's sending me tons of food pictures, which I am absolutely loving. The thing is, if you listen to this and you're a client, you'll know that I love some, some pictures of food. I love to know what you're eating, when you're eating. There is no food shame here whatsoever. And if you're on social media and I've dropped into your DMs because I've seen you having something that looks absolutely incredible, <laughs> you'll know my excitement. So when she went away, I asked for one thing and one thing only, and that was pictures of food and descriptions. I want to know the textures. I want to know the tastes. I want to know your rating out of 10. I want to know everything about it. And the thing is, I'm a foodie. Everyone's a foodie. See, when people say I'm a foodie, I can't lose weight, that's absolute horseshit. You just learn how to control your intake and how to approach food in a way that complements your enjoyment, complements your goals, complements your health, and so on and so forth. But that's not what I'm here to talk about today. I thought that I would jump into some life lessons. Now, when you are going through your life and you have any experiences, there's always going to be a lesson to take from it. The good experiences, the bad experiences, the heart-wrenching experiences, the traumatic experiences, any experience always has something to be taken away from it, whether that's gratitude, whether that's a lesson so that you can essentially look at how you can change your approach again in the future, because I don't really believe in failure. I believe that you need to be curious, you need to explore in life, and you need to put yourself out there on the front line and the firing line to mess up, because it's only from that will you ever understand what it is that you need to do differently again in the future in similar situations to get the outcomes that you want. But so many people are crippled by loss, they're crippled by guilt and shame, they're crippled by the fact that they think failure is, is something that they kind of identify with, and they run from it and they stay in their comfort zone because they don't want to be exposed to what they think they know about themselves. When really failure is a thing, it's not something that you are. It's not something that should be developed as an identity. But as I said, better yet, it's not something really that you should ever look at as a bad thing without it. No one that's ever been successful will will ever have got to the point in their life that they, they ever could have gotten to because behind every single success story, behind every single individual that does great things, they've got a, a mountain of, of failures below them that have built them to that peak. And what they do is they start to reconstruct their thought processes and what they believe failure to mean to them. And from the success that they achieve as a result of putting themselves out in that firing line, messing up, getting things wrong, having a loss, feeling the pain, going through struggle and challenge and suffering, they then start to understand that that's actually what you need to engage in most 
to really understand how you can be at your very base from a, an emotional perspective intelligently and also from a cognitive performance-based perspective. And it's something that I've always been so attached to with everything that I do in life. And some people will be able to take the lessons better than others based upon how early in their life they've been they've been taking the lessons from particular situations. For me, like growing up with a speech impediment and getting kind of bullied when I was younger, I always loved my own isolation. I used to love sitting playing the GameCube and putting James Blunt on, on my CD player with my headphones in. I remember on the GameCube, I, I had this King Kong game and it was fucking incredible. And I would just put James Blunt in and I would listen to the music. I would play my game. And I actually found a lot of solidarity within my loneliness. I found a lot of solidarity within my isolation. I found a lot of intelligence from just being alone and being able to decipher situations. It didn't really make me play the victim. Instead, it gave me gratitude and it gave me something to be happy about. So I started to learn that doing things on my own was never a bad thing. Being alone with my own thoughts was never a bad thing. And if anything, they were the construct to what started to build me into the man that I am today. So these are some life lessons that I want to go through with you, just so that if you're currently struggling, if you're you're someone who does find it difficult to, to really understand how you can take information from circumstances that you've been through and do things a little bit differently in the future if you ever come up against the same experience again, so that you can start to really develop yourself into the person that you want to be. And I think what's so important here is that when you can start to do this, it really starts to have an impact on everyone else around you. Like not one man or one woman can ever change the world, but you can have such a profound impact on your world. If you think about what's expected from us in society, people will often say, it's okay, like I give other people advice, but you know, I don't take it myself but that's fine. I'm terrible for taking my own advice. They'll pass these, these comments off. And I don't really think that that's, that's normal. I actually think that's abnormal, if anything, because when you give other people advice, you should be able to coach yourself from the advice that you give to be able to take action on your own terms. But a lot of the time, we are so good at giving advice from the experiences that we've been through, but we still have these underlying fears, these underlying doubts, these underlying insecurities that hold us back from really being able to step forward into the discomfort that could grow us as individuals. And when you start to take action and you start to set an example, it then does have an impact on the people around you because you're creating an expectation for the way you want to live, the person you want to be, how you want to conduct your business. And that can be so powerful when it comes to other people changing as well. Now, as a coach, I know that you can never make someone change, but the best way that you can lead by example is by your actions, the way that you think, the way that you jump into things without really caring about potentially what the consequences are because you want to find out what the consequences are because one of the best ways to figure out if something is right or wrong for you is actually just to take action on it in the first place and take the lessons on the other side of it. If you want to be someone who creates a life for themselves that's full of joy, peace, purpose, fulfillment, passion, travel, freedom, then you will start to show other people what is possible. And I think when you can have that ripple effect on individuals in your own life through your own selfishness to be as selfless as you possibly can be is such a it's such a gift and if you're not able to do it for yourself sometimes the best way to think about taking action is actually to consider who else this could have an impact on and who else this can be extremely positive for 
most people will always just think about themselves when it comes to their own insecurities, their own fears, their own doubts, their own guilt, their own shame, their own embarrassment, because when the, the central nervous system starts firing due to the stress response in the brain that starts to conduct it from, from the, the action that you're going to take, and that defense mechanism, that wall, that barrier kind of goes up and says, no, you shouldn't do this. You'll very often find that you start to think quite dysfunctionally because there's a direct correlation between the way that you think and the way that you feel, the way that you feel and the way that you think. So if you've got particular thought patterns, you can then make yourself feel a particular way. And when you have particular feelings, you can then start to think all these dysfunctional thoughts, all these dysfunctional beliefs. And that can actually cause you to never really see the light through the trees. But if you can become someone that is intelligent in the face of adversity, you can manage your emotions, you can make sure that you approach challenge in a way where you're calm, you're competent, and you're concise with the decisions that you make, that can really start to show other people that they can live a life more philosophically than they've ever been able to before. Because a lot of what I do in my life is very philosophical. It's kind of what I want to pass on to within the Built for Life program to all the guys that we we coach. And I'm so grateful to be able to do so because when you can have a platform in front of so many other people to showcase the way that you think, the way that you go about your business, it does really allow you to have such a profound impact and ripple effect on individuals and their lives thereafter. So one thing I want you to, to really hone in on today and really think about today when I'm going through these life lessons is how can I apply these to things that I am currently struggling with? And I will give you some examples because it's really important that you can you can understand where I'm coming through, eh, from here. So the first thing I want to talk about is how your breakthrough is actually in your embarrassment. So whatever you're currently embarrassed about, that is where your breakthrough lies. So a lot of people will come into the, the Built for Life program. I'll speak to a lot of people on social media. And a very common thing people will say to me is, I don't want to do this because it's uncomfortable. I don't want to do this because I'm scared of it. I don't want to do this because of the outcome. And it's purely because they are scared that they're going to be embarrassed. Now, when I was growing up, I never really played a lot of team sports, purely because when I was, I was younger, when people would maybe put their kids into football, rugby, and so on and so forth. I did have a speech impediment. So it meant during team sports, people wouldn't be able to understand me. Like my mom used to have to get my brother to translate what it was that I was saying so that she could she could <laughs> do what needed to be done. She could give me what I was asking for and so on and so forth. She would actually turn around to him and say, can you tell me what it is he's saying? And I'm no, I've, I've no idea how my brother even understood what I was saying. We must have had like this gibberish language between us or it must be something that kids can pick up on extremely well in comparison to adults. But growing up, because I never had that exposure to team sports, I was always very reluctant to a degree to engage in team sports. Like anything that I got into initially when I was younger were things like badminton and judo it was things that I could do on my own, things that were not a team sport because I was embarrassed that I wouldn't be able to communicate. I was embarrassed that I wouldn't be able to get my point across. I was embarrassed that people would laugh at me because so many people had already put me down and, and shamed me for the way that I spoke, for the, the kind of accent and lisp that I had at the time. So to then put myself out there in front of other people in an unfamiliar setting was really, really scary to me. And I didn't want to be embarrassed. It wasn't, it wasn't at that point in my life that I was thinking about failure because when you're growing up and you 
you're you're young. You don't understand the concepts really of failure. You only start to understand understand the concepts of failure as you grow up and as society kind of creates a an expectation of why you're a failure. So like if you get to a particular age and you don't have kids, you don't have a house, you aren't at a particular point in your career, you're still living at home. Like society creates this this expectation that you should have all of these things at a particular time in your life. And if you don't have them, then ultimately you're a failure. And very often as well, when you are growing up, you can be told time and time again by people that you're a failure, you're not good enough. And that can start to create this this perspective that you have of yourself, that you're not good enough, that you're not deserving of success, that you are a failure. And that's just because other people have passed on to you beliefs that they potentially have of you at the time. But it doesn't and should not go on to dictate how you go about your business for the rest of your life, because essentially that's what other people think of you. You should be strong enough and you should be desiring the outcomes that you want so much so that you take action on and you park the embarrassment, you park the guilt, you park the shame, you park the failure, and you go after it. But when I was going through this time of my life, I was young. I was confident to a degree still, because when you're younger, you haven't been shamed, you haven't been put down, you haven't been told things about you that you start to develop and believe to be true, that are very negative and do hold you back from taking action on all of the things that you want and building a life for yourself that you want. So you still do have a degree of confidence and that's what's really important to take away as a lesson as well, that a lot of what you may think about yourself today is just a construct of the perception that you've created for yourself based upon these experiences that you've been through. So when I was going through this this period of my life, like I still felt the embarrassment, but because I was young, I had the confidence to lean into it. And the outcomes were great. Obviously, I, I lost games when playing football. I messed up. I didn't communicate as well as I wanted to sometimes, but I started to realize that it wasn't really down to my ability to communicate. It was really the issue. It was my overall performance. It's how fit I was. It's how determined I was. It was how much fight I had in me. So regardless of whether or not I was the best communicator, I could actually play to another strength. I could lean into something that would actually enable me to lead with my actions and allow me to feel confident within the way that I would show up and the way that I would portray myself onto a particular match. And the same thing happened as I grew up and I started to go through personal training as well. Like I was embarrassed that people would start to say, who does he think he is being a personal trainer? Why is he trying to offer this sort of advice to people? And that was in my early days. And obviously within the Built for Life program, now we go so much deeper than that. And there have been people that have passed comment to me over time talking about the things that we discuss, the topics that we we teach our clients and the curriculum that we take them through. And there have been a few messages on Instagram, on Facebook, where people realistically going through issues that I can't quite explain because I don't have all the information, but I've clearly been triggered by some of the things that we do speak about and some of the content that we do post have come I've come to my direct messages to tell me what it is that they think, not about the message, but more so about me. And a lot of the time when you're on a on a process, you're on a journey of development, you're on a journey of change, it can be very easy for when these things crop up and people do tell you what they think of you, that it can trigger a lot of what you believed about yourself previously. And that's where, again, the stress response can be extremely high. So at each stage of my career and at each stage of my life, like I've felt this embarrassment and I've felt the the stress, I've felt the horror, I've felt the 
I felt almost, almost like I, I, I could freeze. I felt as though I could run. I felt as though there was probably a bigger part of me that if I wasn't around other people when taking action on these things, that I could have bowed out. And that's why accountability to other people is is so important as well. And being around other people is so important when you're taking action as well, because a lot of the time, the embarrassment of pulling out of something and not following through with what you said you were going to do actually outweighs the embarrassment of what you could feel on the action that you do take if things don't go your way. So I want that to be a guiding light for you. I want you to utilize anything that you can to get around other people to lean into your embarrassment. Right now, you might be embarrassed about your relationship with food. Right now, you might be embarrassed about the way that you look. Right now, you might be embarrassed about the fact that you and your partner aren't very intimate. You might be embarrassed about the fact that everyone else at the school gates, all the other mums, all the other dads seem to be in shape and they, they are young and you might be older parents and you might feel as though you've let yourself go and you've let life get on top of you a little bit, which is completely normal. But whatever that embarrassment is, whatever that you, whatever it is that you feel embarrassed by, you need to be able to lean into the discomfort of it and seek out the appropriate help and the appropriate challenges that are going to enable you to overcome that embarrassment. So when you're out of shape and you're not feeling your best, the embarrassment might be, I'm going to go into the gym and everyone's going to look at me, everyone's going to laugh at me. But that's just a belief, no doubt, that you've got from comments potentially that someone has made. Because the thing is, it might not even be a case that someone's made direct comments to you. You can have friends that potentially all speak to you about other friends behind their backs. So you know instantly if you have a fear of how you feel about yourself, that they could be a way talking to your other friends behind your back about the thing that you're most embarrassed by, you're most scared, scared of. And that's actually a lot of the time a projection of how you feel onto other people. So it's really important to understand whether or not you are projecting as well your embarrassment and that's what's holding you back or you're actually embarrassed by the way that you feel, the way that you look, whatever it is that you're going through. And it's coming from a place of, of experience where people have made you feel a particular way, they have put you down, or you have created a perspective of what specific experiences in the past have meant and how that has then had a knock-on effect to your confidence, your self-esteem, and so on and so forth. So whatever it is that you feel embarrassed by right now, that is the thing that is going to unlock so much potential inside of you. The second one is kind of in conjunction with the first. In fact, to be honest, all of these are in conjunction with one another. The next one is that the only time that you care about what someone thinks of you is when you need or you want something from them. And a lot of the time, this just comes down purely to validation. So let's take into consideration the example that I just used. Friends talking behind friends' backs, talking to you about your other friends, and then therefore you think they're going to go away and talk to your friends about you when it comes to the things that you feel most embarrassed by. A lot of the time when we only think about the things that other people could be judging us for, purely comes down to what it is that we feel we need from someone. And this is a really important lesson that I want each and every single one of you to hone in on and really think about from past experiences that you have been through. So in that situation, you may be projecting how you feel onto someone. You may be thinking that these individuals are talking about you behind your back. But a lot of the time when you think about that judgment and you think about what it is that they're saying about you, 
it usually comes down to the fact that you actually just want them to validate you, make you feel loved and make you feel accepted for where you currently are. Now, one thing that I found out in life, which is another huge lesson, is that you can never give anyone the love, the appreciation, the validation, the sense of significance and respect that you can you can ever give to yourself. So these are things, these are components that you need to be able to give to yourself first and foremost before you can even start to give them to anyone else or accept them from anyone else. When you accept validation from other people, when you accept respect from other people, it doesn't dictate how you go about your business when you are someone that gives this to themselves in abundance. Very often when you are going through a process of change and you are still just seeking validation, what tends to happen is you will get caught up and you will get emotional over what it is that people say and how they validate you or how potentially they go about speaking to you when it comes to making you try and feel as significant as possible. Because if you're just seeking these things from other people, a lot of the time what can tend to happen is if you do really well when it comes to your nutrition, you might go out and smash your first ever run and then you come back, you come home, you go to your partner and you you want them to validate you for what you just done. You come in all guns blading, blazing and you, you say, oh, I just had, I just done my first run. Like, I feel so proud of myself. This is so good. X, Y, Z. And then they come back and they're just like, oh yeah, that's good. Well done. And they don't really give you the, the level of celebration that you deemed that you needed, that you expected. You can then feel as though it's not as significant as what you first believed it to be. So when you're doing these things for yourself, you need to be able to be doing them primarily just for yourself. It's even like when people get compliments. Compliments can really cloud people's judgments for the action they're taking. Like I've had so many clients over the years that I've worked um, in the fitness industry that have not been progressing at the level that they should, but people are complimenting them for what it is that they're doing. They're over-celebrating. They're giving them too much validation. They're telling them that they're losing loads of weight and you can notice the difference when really they've hardly lost any weight at all and the body hasn't changed much at all. And I can see that because I can see the comparison photos. We know that weight, scale weight's not dropping, so they're not looking at the problems that they do need to look at to, to solve these issues. But instead, they're creating a false perception of what it is that they're achieving based upon the validation and the, the the sense of significance other people are giving them based upon the action that they are taking. So it's really important that you don't get carried away with needing to look for these things from other people because you just get caught up and you get disillusioned by what it is that you should really be doing for yourself because the only way that you're really going to be able to give all these things to yourself, and I've found this from going through multiple different stages within my career and my own transformation and my own growth, is that you need to take your identity so far away from the person that you are right now that when you look back, you can kind of not even believe that you were that person before and you did operate this way day to day. It's only then that you will have gone through such a large transition and show yourself a lot of gratitude and respect and love so much so that you don't feel like you need it from anyone else. In the early stages of your journey, when you're trying to create change, it's actually very dangerous. And this is not me saying that other people shouldn't celebrate you, but you shouldn't get disillusioned by it. And you shouldn't use that to feel as though you're getting what you want. Because most of the time when people are really stuck, they're overweight, they're out of shape, they're really struggling mentally, they're really struggling emotionally. Most of that comes down to experiences where they've been made to feel less than worthy anyway. So when people then do start to celebrate them and start to make them feel more worthy, then they're going to start to feel as if they're getting what they want. 
this is what they, they need instead of actually going through the process of making themselves healthier, more resilient, more disciplined individuals living with integrity. So you really want to switch on to, to when you think about other people, their judgment of you and what they may be thinking of you. You really want to switch on and be asking yourself the question, what is it that I need or want from this person? Because even in the most, even in the most random situations where this could crop up, you'll still be wanting or needing something from that person regardless of whether or not you believe it to be true or not right now. And it's a really key question that you need to be asking yourself on a regular basis whenever you do start to think about other people thinking about you and how you go about your business. Next is that in order to figure out what it is that you want or need from these people, you'll be free of judgment. So when you start to to really hone in on your own needs, your own well-being, your own values, your own personality, your own characteristics, and you really know yourself inside out as a person, you can then really start to identify what it is that you feel you need from people because your self-awareness has drastically improved. And that's where I truly believe your thinking does need to be able to, to be the, the vehicle that transforms your life because it's like relationships, for example, there's so many people in relationships in this day and age that should not be in relationships. They're in relationships because it's two individuals coming together that aren't completely happy with themselves. And then they feel as though if they can give each other the validation, the love, the respect, and so on and so forth, that they cannot give to themselves, but give it to each other, then essentially it's a match made in heaven. But it's not necessarily the case because we know people and each of you listening to this podcast will either have been in this situation before yourselves or will know people that have went through this exact process where they are unhappy, they do meet someone, they then fall off the face of the earth, they don't come out with you, they don't message you back, they're just in this like honeymoon bubble, which is completely normal. It is completely normal to an extent to feel that way at the start of a relationship. But successful relationships, what you see is that even though people are in this honeymoon phase, they still have individual goals outside of that. They still have their own needs, their own preferences to work on the things that they want to work on themselves. So they still focus on developing themselves within their career. They still focus on making sure they're in the best shape that they can be in and they're healthy. They make sure that they still have outlets with other friends and family members that they need to see to nourish the values that they have and to realistically be connected to the people that they love. That's a more acceptable description of what a, a truly flourishing and potentially successful long-term relationship looks like. Not one where two people come together and completely cut themselves off from the world, because in that respect as well, what you'll usually find is an expectations then created for how these two people act within a relationship. And then when that initial honeymoon period does wear off and you do potentially want to look at doing things with friends, family, and other kind of personal goals that you, you do have, it can then create a bit of catastrophe within the relationship because one side then starts to feel that the other side is no longer giving them what they once were and what they still continue to need based upon the things that they, they currently struggle with themselves. And then it can create a very toxic relationship where individuals start to doubt and become fearful of the the road that the, the relationship could be leading down just because someone wants to take a little bit more time for themselves and do a little bit more for themselves. You'll start to hear partners say things like, oh, you're only doing that to impress other people. Um, I don't know why um, you don't want to spend this time with me. Like, is there something wrong with me? 
you almost start to see a lot of like gaslighting and manipulation by these people within relationships because it was two individuals first and foremost that came together that probably should never have been together just to make each other feel better about themselves. So it's really important that within your life, even from a relationship standpoint, because I know a lot of people listening to this might be in relationships, but some people might want to find relationships long-term, is that you get yourself to the best possible place you can be in because you will then attract the right people for you and you'll have the right boundaries in place. There will be expectations set of how you live your life and it's not just all orientated around the relationship. The next one, the next life lesson here is unreasonable goals are reasonable in the proximity of people who have unreasonable goals. And this is what I was talking about earlier on when I, when I talked about setting an example, setting examples for people around you. When you set an example for people around you, it means that they can start to recognize that life can be different. Whereas when you're just stuck around people who have reasonable goals, I want to go to school, I want to then go to university, I want to buy a house, I want to meet someone, I want to have kids, and then I want to work in a nine-to-five job. And while I'm doing that, I just want to be able to save up and go on holidays a couple of times a year and go out with the boys or go out with the girls at the weekend. Not really focusing on any health goals, not really focusing on any growth-based goals, not really focusing on anything from a freedom perspective, a travel perspective. And that's because those reasonable goals are are set. They're set in stone. They're an expectation passed down from generations and generations. But this is where paying your debts comes from. When I talk about paying your debts, and it's funny because someone actually reached out to me a while ago one of these people on social media that like to tell me their opinions of what it is that I do, had reached out to me a while ago and said, I think it's ridiculous that you are saying pay your debts because you're going to reward yourself with food. You're basically saying that you need to exercise to be able to do particular things, almost like rules, rules around food and so on and so forth. And I was like, I love that you've just um, popped on here and slid into my DMs after watching a story that you have absolutely nothing about. So I then went on to explain to this individual that essentially paying your debts is that you're paying a generational debt. So when people in your family for generations have had reasonable goals and people have played small and they've not really been able to live a pure life. And when I say a pure life, I mean a life that really is worth fucking living, right? And that will be different based upon each of your own values. But for me, that's freedom, that's autonomy, that's being bold, that's traveling, that's having freedom. And freedom is, to me, not freedom to do anything I want or like financial freedom. Freedom to me is like being free of mind, being free of people's judgment, being free of what other people may think, being free of of the shackles that you're sometimes held back by when it comes to your mental health. And this generational debt, needs to be paid by someone. And that individual can change generations thereafter. And that's the person I want to be within my family. I want to be the person who changes what's possible for future generations. Like coming from my background, like my dad had to go away and work abroad for months at a time sometimes just to put food on the table for us. Like my mum and dad were in a ton of debt, three kids all under the age of four at a really young age. And... When my dad worked in the UK, he went from job to job because he kept getting laid off, not because of the quality of his work, just because at that time there was redundancies and a lot happening within the 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 economic uh, the economic market. And my mum worked like two jobs, so we didn't have a lot. And my dad had to go away to work and and provide, which every single man should do anyway. That is the sign of 
a, a real man in my respect, someone that will do anything regardless of what it means to protect and provide for his family. So when my dad went away to start working away, we didn't have a lot. And even when he did start to make any sort of money, it was it was going towards repaying debt and it was going towards helping build a, a bigger house to, to home all of us. Because at the time we lived in a three bedroom house with five people in it. Now, my mum and dad's room was actually like an attic conversion. We were in a small bungalow. So their main focus was like, listen, we can't have the two boys like in the same room as they as they become teenagers. Like it's it's just not fair. They don't have their own space. So when I grew up, we weren't given a lot. And when we became a bit older and my mum and dad did start to make more money and were able to save more money, we still didn't get given a lot. And it was purely because the lessons that my mum and dad wanted to pass on to us in our life was that if ever anything ever happened to them, they would want us to be able to take care of ourselves. Now, we obviously missed out on things that would have been good to explore and see and do when we were younger because we didn't have a lot of money. And my main focus right now, as I said, isn't about making sure that I make more money to give my kids everything that I didn't have. I want to, I want to instill the exact same lessons and principles into my children's lives as my mum and dad instilled in mine. But because I have been able to notice and recognise that I can go way further in my life at the age that I am in comparison to my dad at his age, I now see what's possible in the next 20 and 30 years and what can be achievable and the kind of life that I can create for my family. So these are the sorts of unreasonable goals that had to change with me for me to be able to show generations that will come thereafter me that it's possible regardless of what age you are. But as long as you live with these principles and with these, these values and if you're someone that always feels as if you're limited, you're putting a box, there's a glass ceiling on you, it's because you are not spending time with individuals who have unreasonable goals and who normalise unreasonable goals. That's why a lot of the people inside of the Built for Life community go on to smash incredible goals because they're around people who also have unreasonable goals. When you're part of a community, when you're part of a culture like that, that is such a, a defining place to be for you and your growth, because you either have to, one, step up to it and recognize that the only person holding you back is actually you, or you continue to do everything that you ever did do. You don't want to get uncomfortable. You don't want to challenge yourself. And you want to just accept that life is going to be the way it's always been because you're not courageous enough to put the work in. The next life lesson is that most people assume their future self is their current self, which is 100% true. Whereas people, when they think about their future self, can't think far past who they currently are. So when they think about the person that they want to be and the person that they they need to be to achieve the results that they want, they can see the results, they can see the goals, but they can't always understand how they can achieve them by being the person that they are today, right? So when you think about the goals, when you think about what it is that you want to achieve, people think the individual that they currently are is going to be the, the, the person that attains those goals, which you are to some degree, but it's just you with much greater skills, much greater purpose, far greater consistency, far greater resilience, far greater discipline, far greater strength. But when you don't know what that feels like and what that looks like, it can be very difficult to comprehend the fact that you think that you can actually achieve these goals. And that's what holds a lot of people back is that they don't see what they're going to gain going through this process. Because the thing is, as you go through a process like this, when you are consistent for a very long time, 
you do start to come to new insights. You have paradigm shifts. You literally get new connections within the brain to think in a different way. So when you're thinking currently about yourself, who you are right now, you might be out of shape. You might be overweight. You might be crippled with self-doubt. You struggle to, to think about achieving these goals. You struggle to comprehend the fact that that can be possible for you because all you're thinking with is the current level of thinking that you currently have. <laughs> so you need to... You need to know that any future goal is possible. And the person that you are today is the individual that needs to start the process to get you moving towards the person that you will eventually grow into and become. But like I said, that person in the future is not not you today. <laughs> it is still you, but it's just you with far greater, far greater tools, a far greater locker filled with life lessons and attributes and characteristics that will allow you to really go the distance and really deliver upon the needs that need to be met at any particular point in your journey so that you can snatch the outcomes for yourself so that you can be confident with the fact that whatever you put your mind to you can achieve it because you know that you've got everything that you need to be able to progress and overcome what stands in front of you because the the confidence thing, confidence just comes from doing things again and again and again. And listen, there's this thing when it comes to body confidence that kind of pisses me off a little bit, and I'm going to talk about it. When it comes to body confidence, I don't believe that people are just purely body confident. I believe that people are confident about the way that they feel because of the work that they've put in behind the scenes. So everyone will project and be like, oh, I'm so proud of my body. I'm so proud of looking this way. But you should actually be proud of yourself. Think about who you are in your body as two separate entities, and you need to be best friends with your body. So when your body looks a particular way, your body is looking a particular way based upon all of the action that you've taken. But most of the time, when your body doesn't look the way that you want it to, you attack it. You're its enemy. You're not its best friend. So when you're attacking your body, you are happily, you're happily acting as though your body is is someone else and a completely different part of you and then it's your body's fault whereas even though you have to see yourself and your body as something kind of separate you're the person who does the work your body is is basically a, an outcome of the work that you do it's a it's a it's a staple it's a it's an instrument of the way that you take action when you start to look at it from that perspective and you realize that it's all down to you and it's not down to your body, you can show it far more love, appreciation and respect. So the exact same thing goes for when you do take a lot of action and you do look good and you do feel good. It shouldn't be a case of I'm extremely confident within my body. It should be that I am extremely confident within myself as an individual because as an individual, I have done the work to be able to achieve this. And I'm so grateful for what my body has been able to achieve based upon the way that I have approached everything that I should have done to be able to make this, this happen, make this outcome achievable. So when you're always looking at your body being the enemy, people always like to put something in firing line. They always like to blame something. Your body should never ever be seen as something to blame. It should only ever be seen as something to respect for doing its best because your body will always support you. It's only ever you that's letting it down. So if you are thinking about your growth and you're you're really struggling to comprehend the outcomes that you want to achieve, like they're big, dirty, audacious goals, you're kind of scared of them and you're unsure of how you're going to get there, you need a plan. 
you need the accountability, you need the expertise. And if you don't have that, you will always be second guessing. So make sure you invest in yourself to get the right help. The next life lesson is that success is best measured backwards, not externally, which goes very nicely with what I was just talking about. Not just when it comes to your body, when it comes to anything, a lot of people will measure on the external, the surface level stuff. So they'll measure on how their body looks, they'll measure on the money they have, they'll measure on the nice things they have, they'll measure on the holidays they've taken and so on and so forth. But that is not a really good way to measure progress. So let me give you an example. Going back close to a decade, probably like eight years ago, I, I competed in my first ever um, physique show. And the couple of years after that, maybe up to six, seven years ago, I was much bigger then than I am now. And if I had to just measure externally, I would be saying, you've lost a ton of progress. You're actually behind where you are supposed to be. You should have been miles ahead of where you once were five, six, seven years ago now because you're years down the line. And if I was measuring just purely externally on those goals, I could get really caught up emotionally with the fact that I have failed and that I am not living up to the expectation that I should be, not only for myself, but also by other people. Whereas if I actually think about everything that I have overcame and achieved in the past 10 years, then it totally outweighs the fact that I was bigger then than I am now. So, for example, if we rewind over the past decade, I have built my own business from gym floor PT to one of the most recognized programs in the UK for what it is that we do here, which is that we build resilient, integral and honorable human beings. I now work with hundreds of fitness coaches inside of the, the fitness industry, which was something that I never ever thought I would be able to do. And it was never something that really crossed my mind. Like I always would love to have been recognized by peers but I never really thought I'd be in the position that I am today to have such an influence on how they coach their clients and how they run their businesses and so on and so forth. I've also came out of a couple of toxic relationships, found my now wife, got married, was able to give her the, the wedding that she always dreamed of in Ibiza. I've lived in three different countries. I have ran marathons, half, um, half marathons. I've run, um, uh, sorry, I've done half Ironmans. I've done tons of fitness competitions. I have overcame a binge eating disorder. I have left people behind in my life that needed to be left behind. I have bought the car I've always wanted, which isn't even like what most people would expect dream cars to be. I've got a Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> Pure boy toy. Um, so if I think about all these things that I've been able to do in the past 10 years, it far outweighs the external results that I had 10 years ago and that doesn't mean that you shouldn't still be aiming to be better because before I was just a big bodybuilder based guy right whereas now I'm still as strong as I was then if not stronger I am fitter I am more mentally resilient I can keep myself in better shape year round instead of going through these bulks and then cuts and bulks and then cuts and so on and so forth so if I think about life and measuring my success backwards I would probably say back then even though on the surface you would say that I was further ahead back then I would say that I was a bit of a fucking one-dimensional douchebag 
back then and not someone who was extremely three-dimensional and looked at everything from a very objective standpoint and made very intelligent decisions based upon the information that I had to go after the things that I wanted. So it's really important that you sit down and you ask yourself, what are some of the biggest things that I have achieved in the past 10 years and what am I most proud of? But even better yet, do you think that there should be more on the list than what you've written down? Because when I asked some of my clients this, a lot of them were extremely proud of what it was that they wrote down, but there was nowhere near enough for them to be able to celebrate being successful on a consistent basis because they were so sporadic and so and so long ago for many of them. And this is where to see yourself as a success, to see yourself as someone worthy, you need to be consistently reiterating success on a regular basis because you're only really successful at the moment that you perform a successful act or have a successful outcome. So you really need to think about how much more you could be achieving and how much more success you could be, you could be proud of yourself for if you were able to do more work. Um, and this this is probably one of my favourite life lessons. It's the fact that there's no difference between heroes and villains. Like, I am a huge, huge superhero movie buff. I love the Avengers, the Batman trilogy, like the Dark Knight trilogy was just one of my favourite trilogies of all time. Harry Potter... Like, I'm not really too into the Harry Potter in the early days. See, when it became more dark, that's when I started to get into it. Um, but there's no difference, really, between heroes and between villains. Villains are people who play victim to what they've been through. The experiences in their life create a level of... a level of hatred and resentment towards the world. They start to feel entitled, they feel like they should be given things, they feel as though everything's unfair, and essentially they want everyone else to be in pain around them. They want everyone else to suffer around them. That's what the villains want. Whereas the heroes are people who have been through a lot of pain, been through a lot of suffering, and they are people who want to help other people never have to suffer in that same way. They feel as if they have a duty, they have a care, they have a responsibility to really help people that have been in similar situations to them, to lend a helping hand. But they know that they can't do that unless they are at their best as well. Every superhero that you'll see looks after themselves incredibly well. Every villain you see, maybe not always so much. <laughs> and there's a reason for that, because they're a symbol of, of hope. They're a symbol of an example of what you can be. So I want you to think, are you currently acting like a villain? Are you feeling as though you're deserving or entitled based upon what you've been through without actually putting the effort in to change what's, what's happened to you or how you've responded to it? Or should I say reacted to it? Because when you react to something, it's emotional. When you respond to something, it's intelligent. Or are you currently being a hero? Are you using what you've gained from the experiences that you've been through to really create substantial change, not only in your life, but in other people's lives too? Because one of the most basic needs as human beings is that we serve other human beings. We do not pull them down and we do not try and make them suffer in the same ways that we have. And saying that, 
you know I am extremely big on suffering. I'm extremely big on pain. I am extremely big on the fact that when you get the most out of yourself, it usually comes from the fact that you have been through something and you have been in the trenches really struggling, whether that be physically, mentally, or emotionally with it. And that's where all heroes come from. Think of all heroes. All heroes have been through traumatic stuff just as much as villains have. But this is where you get to retrain what pain, what struggle, what challenge means to you. Because for me, like I said at the very beginning of this podcast, being able to challenge myself voluntarily on my own terms and go through pain and go through suffering is what got me to where I am today. So for me to continuously develop and grow, I need to continuously keep on testing myself in the exact same way. And a lot of people struggle to progress because they don't have a good relationship with discomfort. But show me one person, one hero or one villain that's not been through a whole lot of pain. Obviously, you don't want to turn into the villain. This is just an example. But all of them have been through an enormous pain. But you also get to choose as the adult that you are, what you do with it. And I think that that's really important. People always think that what they've been through is a justifiable reason for them to act a particular way. Whereas as an adult now, like you're no longer a child, as an adult now, you have the responsibility to change it. It's on you. No one's coming to save you. No one's coming to do it for you. It is on you. And you can continue to drain the energy of your own world and also other people's worlds by being the villain. Or you can use that pain for something more impactful, something that will enable you to really show what you're truly capable of. It's like that underdog story, like when people are kicked to the curb and they're down and they're out, people love to see someone rise from the fucking flames and put in the work and achieve everything that they probably were never destined to achieve until they decided that they wanted it. So are you being the hero or are you being the villain? because the only thing in common that they all have is pain. Now, the final lesson I want to leave you on, based upon that, and you can see how all of these work in conjunction with one another, is that there is no growth without acceptance. Now, I actually had a really constructive conversation with my dad at my wedding, filled with tears. <laughs> Obviously, I definitely had a, a drink in me at the time, but... My dad, obviously working away when, when he was younger, when I was younger and when he was younger, obviously too, of course, by proxy. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't always great having him back in the house. Like my dad's always been a big drinker. Um, coming back to a house with a stressed out wife after being away for months with three kids and we were a bit mental. <laughs> after being alone for so long, must have been really difficult for him. Must have been really, really difficult for him. And also, I remember one night when my um, dad had came home from the pub when I was maybe about 13 or 14. He wasn't being very nice. I just said to him, like, listen, why is it that my grandpa, so like his dad, um, is such a gentleman and you act the way that you do? And he turned around to me when he was drunk, half fallen asleep, and he said, it's because I'm adopted. And I was like, this is random. This is weird. So I asked my mum the next day and it turned out, to be true. Now, at the time, I didn't think much of it, but as I started to grow up and I started to develop 
I started to really think about how that must make him feel. Like, he always said they would never want to go and meet his parents, like my gran and granddad were his parents as far as he was concerned, which I totally agree with and also respect. And I've never had an inclination to ever want him to go and find out where he was from. I am very cutthroat and very relentless when it comes to relationships. Um, So if they didn't want him, they didn't want him and they shouldn't fucking come back into our lives now. That's just the way that I am. And I've learned that kind of, I've learned that outlook and I've developed that approach to protect myself and protect, to protect my energy over the years of losing multiple friendships and relationships. So I started to realise that my dad was probably suffering a lot. The outlet with drinking was no doubt because he was lonely, having to work away all the time. The fact that potentially he was struggling when, with the fact that he was adopted. And the thing is, there was no there was no help really for people 20, 30 years ago plus. Like my dad's 60 now. There was no real help for anyone going through this stuff. So the only way that many people would know how to handle it was to have these, these outlets. So my dad was extremely hard on me growing up, like extremely, extremely hard on me. Um, I remember even when I did start to play team sports and I was um, playing with Hamilton Ackies actually for a while, I played in goals um, in a pro youth team. Um, he came home from the pub one day and he'd basically, again, been drinking heavily and, it's, uh, and he'd said to me, like, you are never going to make it as a professional football player. Like, you're not good enough. You're only ever going to be able to make it to League Two at base, play part-time and work full-time at the side. And... See, without my dad being as hard on me as he was, I would never have got this far. People always think about the individuals in their life that have put them down or made them feel a particular way, but they never look at what it's given them. And um, I accepted a long time ago that my dad is the way that he is. He's definitely got a lot better. Um, the older he's got, we definitely have a better relationship now, um, probably because I'm no longer at home either. really enjoy spending time with him, chatting to him and so on and so forth. And he doesn't conduct himself quite as much in the same way as he used to, especially around alcohol. So at the wedding, I basically just went up to him for no other reason. I wasn't looking for validation from him, like I was saying earlier on. Like I, I, I validated myself with this enough a long time ago, but I just wanted to let him know how much it meant to me that he treated me in that way. And it was a positive thing. And... We were fucking crying over um, over this conversation and he turned around and he'd said, listen, like, I wish I could go back and I wish I could change it. I wish I wasn't as hard on you. I wish I, I didn't act the way that I did a lot of the time. And I was like, listen, you don't need to, you don't need to have this. You don't need to have this on your shoulders. You don't need to feel as though what you did like when we were younger was a bad thing. Like you were only doing what you knew was right for you at the time. You you were just trying to figure things out too. You don't need to feel bad about this because I'm okay with it because I'm grateful for what it gave me. And that all comes down to acceptance. That comes down to me accepting that a long time ago and recognizing that the only person that it was hurting was me. And that I could actually decide whether or not I could use those tools for something more productive and something greater rather than playing the victim to it. And even with me acting in that way, that then gives him permission. That gives him 
a sense of a sense of peace and calm that I'm okay. And I have always thought about the fact that when you grow up, your parents are your parents to you for a while, but you get to a point where you start to parent them. You get to a point where the way that you go about your business can teach your 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 parents a lot about life. And I've got to that stage now in my life where a lot of what I do teaches my parents a lot when it comes to resilience, when it comes to discipline, when it comes to thinking, when it comes to business. Like my mum was someone that never ever, ever would eat anything bar like lasagna, go to an Italian restaurant, she wouldn't travel anywhere and so on and so forth. And now the more that I'm doing that, the more that I'm living my life, the more that I'm doing it on my own terms, my mum is now trying new things. She wants to go new places. She's really opening her eyes to the bigger world out there. So it's almost like from how I've been able to develop myself and how I've been able to accept what's happened to me over time, I've now been able to reach this point in my life where I am aiming to change the generational chain that came before me to not only impact generations after, but still impact the people that are here and that mean the most to me in my life today. They can take lessons from it and recognize that nothing is off limits and that at any point you can start to explore things for yourself through what you can learn from other people around you. So if you are struggling with something right now, you need to accept it. You need to let it go. You need to be aware that... You're only holding yourself back from anything that you could want to achieve for yourself by harnessing so much dark energy and wasting so much of it on this thing, whatever it is. And the thing is, you do need to harness dark energy. Like I like to call your dark energy like your fuck you vibe. You've got good energy, like positive energy, then you've got dark energy. And dark energy is really good to get you started. A healthy dose of dark energy can really allow you to just harness that fuck you vibe and be like I'm I'm going to prove you wrong I'm going to do this but it can't be like that forever and that dark energy can be misconstrued for too long so much so that again people feel as though they always need the validation the respect from other people to keep it going to fuel the fire of their ego so use the fuck you vibe to get you started but as you get started and as you start to progress and as you become more intelligent with your growth, become more accepting of what you've been through and aim to be an example for people that will come after you and the people that have potentially made you feel this way in the first place so that they can see that things can be different. Like even, I can't tell you how many of the, the people that bullied me when I was younger have reached out to me for my help now. And that was never my goal. But I accepted a long time ago that each of those bullies gave me something that I needed to get this far. And I respect, I respect them for it because they're a part of my journey. And it might sound sadistic and it might sound sick and it might sound a bit abnormal. But without each of them, without every piece of pain, suffering, without every punch, without every brick getting hit off my head, every bottle getting smashed over my head, without teams teams of kids jumping me, I would never have been able to get where I am today. Without my dad being hard on me, without my mum teaching me the fact that there's consequences to my actions and I need to be accountable for them. It's all part of my journey and they'll never define me, but they're part of me. They're part of me 
defining my own journey and what my life is going to look like and who I want to be. So if you're holding on to something now, let it go. If you feel like you can, but if you can't, don't let that stop you from starting anyway, because you will develop the tools to be able to accept it over time. So that is me for today, guys. That is our life lessons. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. We will be back next week um, with another killer episode. So I hope you all have a fantastic week ahead. Have a glorious Monday. And if you found this beneficial, if you enjoyed it, please share it. Please tag me on social media. It would be incredible to get the podcast as popular as we possibly can to impact as many lives as we can. So have an incredible day, team. And I will speak to you all very, very soon.